Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Before we start our Monday Mini, just want to go ahead and put a content warning, trigger warning here. We're not going in-depth about specific incidents, but we are going to go back into the hashtag MeToo stuff, specifically with the brewery industry. So, and of course, we've got stories. I know everyone has stories, but just in case this is not something you want to hear about now, go ahead and put this here. Uh, may not be the most wonderful thing to listen to around children. So that mm-hmm. too. But like I said, we're not going to go into too depth about the incidents, but yeah. Just so you are warned, audience. Okay, Annie, so I do have a question for you for this Monday Mini. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time anyone ever hit on you or made a sexist comment to you? <laughs> uh, that is a very good question. Um, I think it must go at least to middle school. Right. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't think of a specific, because I know I, I barely said, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely in middle school, because I didn't, oh, it was fifth grade. I didn't know what a blowjob was. Mm-hmm. And then somebody asked me, he made like a hand gesture mm-hmm. and with his tongue and his fist, and I didn't know what that meant. But I realized immediately that at least among my classmates, it would be very uncool to admit I didn't know what that was. Right. So I just kind of went along with it and then acted as though like I was too I was too cool for their nonsense. Right. Right. And uh I don't think I figured it it like stuck with me years later. And I don't think I figured it out until I was in middle school what it was. 
Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, of course, since I had experienced sexual abuse as a young kid, a child, in my adolescence, I can't really... Yeah, you know, I won't go into that depth, but I do know that I definitely had a lot of sexist comments about being a mom or, you know, being a caretaker or I can't do that because I'm a girl. You can't do this and this oh, and yeah. this. And kind of like your worth. And I think we've all grown up with what was expected of us. Mm-hmm. And if I think, unfortunately, if you're a part of the religious world, you've heard that a lot. Or you grew up in a religious family, you heard that a lot as a woman, what your value is. Yeah. And if you love that, and that's something that you want to do, that's beautiful. So that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. But I did want to bring this up because today, again, we are going to talk a little bit about what is happening in specifically the brewery industry and the beer industry. So... Ah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. The last couple of weeks, the American and some European breweries, bars, and beer-related companies have been seeing their own backlash. Um, Right. We've talked a lot about how different industries have been affected by the hashtag MeToo movement. And although it wasn't trending with the actual hashtag, the sentiment is very clear. And several big brewers and companies have had to reevaluate their practices in regards to how they were treating women and the marginalized communities within these industries. And it began with a simple question from Instagram user at Rat Magnet, or real name Brianne Allen, a brewer and production manager of Massachusetts-based Brewery Notch Brewing. After going through yet another sexist comment, she asked on her stories, what sexist comments have you experienced? And oh boy, did she open up a Pandora's box full of sexist and racist and altogether awful stories and experiences. Different comments from people all over the world varied from being told women don't like beer Hmm. Check out our own episode of Men Like Beer and Women Like Wine, right? Mm -hmm. To all out being dismissed and understanding and knowing about beer because they're women, even if they were the brewers or owners of the actual brewery. And there are many stories of racist and prejudiced attitudes in the industry altogether. As in fact, there's been a lot of incidents and a lot of calling out, including a big brewery like Founders Brewery, who went through a huge discrimination lawsuit not too long ago when a black brewer came out and testified about all the racist comments and all of the incidents and discrimination within their brewery. And yeah, they got called out real hard, real quick, as they should have been. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't look great, especially when they try to do the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Hmm. Yeah. And if you've ever worked as a bartender, server, or anything like this, you probably already know and even have stories yourself, because I sure do. I will say uh, my stories have had a little more happy ending, meaning I had people in my corner who helped resolve in a better manner. But it's not news to most of us, if any of us, that the beer industry does have a diversity problem. And though it was once something women did, hello, and yes, was associated with witchcraft. It has become a culture of the good old boys club and has been that way for a while now with the many fact that there's not a lot of repercussions that have happened when it comes to these types of industries. Again, a lot of this big conversation is who believes whom and who's calling out whom. And also the fact of the matter is that it's expected. So people don't do things. Yeah. So don't help in making change. Yeah. And that's, something I want to come back and talk about in an unhappy hour because I frequently look back and feel very sad for how I reacted as a young, especially in college, when I was like almost flattered that I was being harassed. And I remember one of the first times I went to a bar and 
some guy just like grabbed my ass, like full on kind of hurt. And then this other guy I was with like went to get into a fight with him. And so I just felt in that moment like, okay, I'm not, I'm just an object here in this whole thing. Right. Like, and it's just a, right. But it, I was like, well, maybe it means I have a nice ass. <laughs> like, and right. I hate that I thought that. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm the same way. I definitely uh, had an incident at my brewery where I got slapped on the butt by a guy who was helping. Like, he was a vendor there. So I think he was slinging food, essentially. And he did this at the end of the night. I was like, what just happened? And when I came and said something to my coworkers, and my face was in shock because I was like, first of all, I don't have a butt. I, I'm pretty flat back there, so I'm confused. Uh, so, of course, I had to make a joke about it because that's sure, my defensiveness. Right. And then secondly, everybody was kind of shocked in the sense of like one other girl was like, but he was hitting on me. So it was <laughs> that level. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't this whole thing. And of course, thinking back on it, I was like, why did I even allow that to happen? Um, and I had another incident where I went to an event at a brewery. This really drunk dude just kept touching me. Like, I didn't even know him. I didn't talk to him. He was just standing beside me to the point that my friends who was with me was like, do you want me to do something? Yeah. Hey, and I actually like pushed him away. And I tried to stop it because I didn't want there to be an incident, even mm -hmm. though it absolutely should be an incident. Right. Yeah. It's just so many things. They are. Yeah. So back to these comments, most of them started out as instances of microaggression Comments about how women don't drink beer, don't understand beer. The stories quickly turn to examples of, yeah, deeply disturbing nature of harassment and violence that occurs more often than people like to admit within the industry. According to one survey, as of 2017, at least 6 million women work and serve in the service industry specific to restaurants, and more than 60% have reported experiencing some type of sexual violence while on the job. And in fact, two-fifths of all federal sexual harassment complaints come from the restaurant service industry alone. And again, this is four years ago, and these are the instances that were actually reported. If you have had the chance or even the will to read these stories, you know that a chunk of the incidents were not reported due to being intimidated or feeling pushed out or being pushed out. Right. Yeah. And as we've talked about quite a lot, we know there are very rare cases of false reporting, just to put this as a reminder, with the fact that it's only 2 to 10% of all reported cases that are false. And with that likelihood that there are at least 63% of those incidents that are never reported when it comes to sexual assault and harassment. So those are really big numbers that we have to consider. And when we're talking about the service industry, when we're talking about the job, when we're talking about this whole level of supervisor, versus employee, and who has the right to what. And why are there so many stories pouring out? Well, much like the hashtag MeToo, people like Brienne are finally validating the experiences for what they are. These horrendous acts on people who deserve to work in a safe space, but are denied and therefore ultimately shunned, and now have finally gotten the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, and it has gone absolutely viral. She went from over 2,000 followers to now over 57,000 followers, and stories and incidents have continued to pour in, as well as some action. Many organizations around the country have brought out many women together in a call of unity and awareness. A GoFundMe was created as Brienne has been threatened by a few individuals and not through any lawyers with lawsuits and with supposed defamation claims for possible legal assistance and if not, she plans on donating the proceeds. Right. So, of course, there's a lot of angry people out there. 
Yeah. And there's a, this complication in the fact that people are telling stories without it being verified. And she does put that saying that she doesn't know these people, they're sending stories. And because she was so overwhelmed and because she wanted to allow for people to answer the questions, she just reposts them. Mm-hmm. And it would have names and organizations and actual companies. I can't say I feel bad for that. Of course, there were several overlapping stories and a lot of, yep, I saw that, yep, I can validate that, yep. And it was, I think, this whole level of finally being able to be honest and finally being heard and believed, which, yeah. you know still problematic because there are people out there who want to troll. But it's it's allowed for all of that. But now she's kind of have to backtrack in realizing it has gained so much attention mm-hmm. that she's having to do a little more due diligence on how it's being talked about and how to even allow this to come about. But it's not just women coming together, but an overall call to hold perpetrators accountable. Finally, several companies have started issuing statements with strategic efforts and plans to reevaluate companies' sexual harassment policies, as well as looking at how to better develop or overall create an effective HR department. Because there's definitely been a lot of companies saying that they're too small to have an HR department, within oftentimes these incidents happen. They had no one to report it to except for their supervisor. And if their supervisor are the ones that are uh, harassing and targeting them, right. who can they go to, right? Mm-hmm. So several companies have had leadership step down or fired those who've been accused of these incidents. There has also been a sweeping conversation throughout larger organizations like those who run beer festivals and events where many different incidents have been reported. Uh, They have not had any accountability or they haven't even had any resources to talk about trying to prevent incidents from occurring in the first place. So it's definitely bringing on some really big needed conversations. Yes, for sure. There was also another conversation of how little women's safety was a concern for many of the organizers and overall leadership. The mere fact women have to pay extra money because more often than not, leaders don't believe women and are not concerned about what happens to them to be able to attend events, whether it's to stay by themselves because so few women attend or are invited or feel safe to be there. Right. As in fact, uh, there was one article where they had interviewed uh, a person who would go to many of these events, whether they were a sales rep, uh, whether they were a part of another organization that was participating, they were talking about how they didn't like to go to these events because they have to think about whether or not they have a hotel room, who, how to get there, how much to drink, how little to drink, to have the fact that when men come together, they can all share a room. And right. many times they're just like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Mm-hmm. But women have to be very conscientious about where they're going. And one woman even talked about, I don't use Airbnbs because that's too isolated. Mm-hmm. There's too many instances that could happen. So I want to be in a place like a hotel that has at least security and yeah. locked doors. Like the fact that we have to think this far through right? because many bars and or beer industries think that's too costly. They just don't invite women altogether. So that even yeah. lessens even more women being invited to these areas and causes more safety issues. Right, right. And I know we talked about that. I can't remember what episode it was, but that whole thing of being at conferences and kind of having other women look out for you. Right. So that, especially when alcohol is involved. Right. And having that layer you've got to think of. And then also... Yeah, as both the person who might be with an unsavory group of dudes, but also the person trying to look out for the lady with the unsavory group of dudes. It's just extra stressors that we have. One article asked a group of male beer industry workers about the level of concern for their safety, and not surprisingly, over 70% didn't even think of that as a thing. And those who did were not concerned about other people 
so much as they might drink too much or lose something. Right. I just saw an article pop up about how some men have had uh, drugs in their drinks and or been drugged while out and may have picked up accidentally. But instead of showing concern, other guys just made fun of them. You know, yeah. just like, oh, you're not manly enough or someone was trying to get you as if it's a female issue only and that right. it deserves mockery. It's just such a whole other level of, what? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> mm-hmm. But of course, the amount of people, and yes, we're t- talking pretty much mainly men who continue to carry the narrative that women are being whiners or people are being whiners and that this is just part of the industry and uh, making the same tired excuse about why people shouldn't be held accountable. Like, it's just saddening the amount of people that have come out to do that Mm -hmm. and many people trolling and gladly ignoring the issues that have always been a problem within our society, all for the sake of, this is my favorite beer. Come on, y'all, it's just the industry then that's not an excuse. (laughs) And of course, the stories are still coming in. Brienne has now started a new account with the handle at Emboldened Act Advance. So E-M-B-O-L-D-E-N, Act Advance, uh, which will be posting the continued accounts from people around the world. They just actually started with uh, Georgia because they have so many, they're splitting it up by states. Wow. Yeah, so Pennsylvania has been hit, California has been hit, many more. And then there's a new beer from Notch Brewing uh, with Brianne and her co-worker. Uh, they created Brave Noise, Pell which should be coming out in uh, June in honor of what's been going on and for the women and the people who are speaking out. Because there's a lot happening, obviously, what's going on. And it's affected so many. And again, this is not new. We know this. Uh, I've told my own stories about being affected to the point that I I felt crushed. I had a mix of people who handled it well to people who handled it awful. The the bystander who just blamed me Mm -hmm. instead of helping me to my supervisors coming around and being like, no, 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 not allowed in my brewery. But I think it's definitely something to note to see how the industry reacts. And we need to watch that because that is very telling of who's going to actually make change and who's just mouthing off. Yeah. So I guess we're going to keep an eye on it and see see what happens. In the meantime, listeners, if you have any stories or experiences you would like to share with us, you can. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times, every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.